Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast about Brexit. <laughs> a podcast about the environment, a podcast about the evils of Trump, a podcast about why do we do anything. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week we're talking about capitalism. What? <laughs> it was inevitable that we talked about capitalism. It seems like one of those subjects that sort of seems like you're not allowed to talk about it unless you're some sort of ridiculously well-read academic for fear of saying the wrong things. Yeah, I don't know. We've sort of been putting it off. We have. Um, but actually, uh, come on. I don't think anyone needs to be scared about scared to talk about capitalism, do they? I don't do think we? so. No. You got some uh, subject points in mind? Um Mostly, my subject points are mostly from reading Donut Economics properly rather than just relying on the talk that we saw at Meaning. Right. Uh, as well as a uh, the reading of a Teen Vogue article. <laughs> so okay. so well. <laughs> I, think, I think most of my views and little factoids and thoughts are going to be coming from a position of, is the market the panacea that everyone seems to think it is. Uh, mine are mostly coming from ContraPoint's YouTube videos that she did two of. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with capitalism, part one and two. And uh, uh, goes on about all the philosophers and then sort of goes, ah, shut up, I like shiny things. <laughs> but, you know, is that so bad? But yeah, so I, I sort of, I've got a few kind of like notes in there about value of labour the role of advertising, monopolies and antitrust versus, you know, sort of cooperation versus competition and the, how there's some weird stuff going on there. Anyway, we can get into it. Let's get into that. Um, so, yeah, let's go. How are you, Ivanka? I'm okay. <laughs> I seem to be going through my seasonal September. It's my birthday and it's the beginning of the academic year. I've never grown out of the September being the beginning of a new school year type thing rather than hmm. in my life, January is not so much the new year as September is. Uh, so I think I'm... And when I'm on the Balkans, I usually hit a melancholy sort of a bit... Uh, mm. So I've been fighting the the maladies, <laughs> the, the melancholy maladies uh, with being outside in the sun. That's been my main mm. main fighting against it. My uh, years, my my birthday being in June means that my year is sort of divided in two, like Christmas yeah. and New Year, and is I sort of have equal equal stretches. How is mm. how are you, Michael? I'm all right. I uh, just came back from a trip to Oslo, which, um, you know, I don't really think about Norway that much. But then sort of looking into it, it's kind of like they're doing what they're sort of showing us how to do it. <laughs> it's sort of like if money, you know, they're oil rich, but they've got like a good attitude to that. But they sort of like they've got lots of trees and mushrooms and they've got lots of uh, <laughs> clean streets and sort of social you know infrastructure and it just um just you sort of go there and you go this is yeah they quite, seem to have the right idea it's quite civilized very civilized yeah we saw mouse on mars in a very nice venue um it, it was kind of like their old set so it was nothing but it was nice that sharon got to sort of came to come and see mouse on mars with me for the first time um it's pretty nuts they're, you know their life set i did think maybe instead of making my live set like based on one album or the most recent stuff I've done, maybe if I can just get everything I've ever done, <laughs> just sort of like load up a sampler with absolutely everything. Uh, so yesterday I just went through my, well, most of my, my, I sort of like pulled out like what, 130 odd tracks from my sort of back catalogue and just sort of like figured out, okay, what's the tempo? What's the times? Uh, what key is it in? Sort of group them in a spreadsheet. Okay, all the ones that are in A, let's kind of pull out all the melodic stuff and then all the ones that are similar tempo, let's pull out all the beats from there. And yeah, so I'm sort of like, gave me a bit of food for thought on that. 
And we also went to a very nice venue a little bit outside Oslo, which was like a 20 minute bus ride. And we're just it's by the sea nature but then like this art center it's, it was like the best things of nature and the best things of humanity in one place you know sort of like wow. art culture center um so and we, we just went to see um yeah one of the members of mass on mars uh, jan Werner, at the um heine onstad art center kunst center but yeah, that was just a really nice place. That's where I'm. If that's that was the picture of me holding a stick was near there oh. on our Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a sound. I've not been to the Scandi countries very much at all. I always t- tend to well, to go south. <laughs> hmm. south well, exactly, and it was strange to come back from holiday and it was warmer. <laughs> Um, (laughs) like oh I've got to take clothes off this is strange Um, but it it is like all their stuff you know you open the sort of in-flight magazine about you know Norway and it's like 30 different companies all doing sort of eco innovation stuff you know so all the stuff that we're trying to find time to do they've got the time to do it so everything they're doing is like oh what can we do with plastics what can we do with this what can we do with clean energy what can we do with this and that yeah. on a related to the nature thing we're walking mm. we're actually it's not related it's just me choosing to speak about something that i want to talk about next do it. <laughs> it's like apropos of nothing mm. <laughs> here's my story the nice thing about coming here in September is that it the weather is glorious and the sea is right. delightful and the we're just outside all the time. It's kind of hard to be stricken by... Anguish. I'm sure yeah. in times gone past, the doctor would have prescribed me some liquid opium or something just to have a little sip on it. I was like, here you go, Milk have some larium. Uh, so... <laughs> She, she's not okay. The um, but so we had so there's lots of being outdoors and swimming in the sea. So my daughter's got well into that now, mm. and also she's got well into boogieing along to your latest track. Oh really? Have so, you listened to it more than once? It's not quite usurped Greece, <laughs> I'm afraid. Oh. Greece Lightning, though questionable lyrics <laughs> for a small child. It's oh, still quite bit? popular in our house. Oh, Grease Lightning is yeah, questionable. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, but God. still, so we've had some boogies. And last night it was the summer carnival. The only thing mm. with the with the culture around here is that children staying up late is not at all um, wrong or weird. So mm. the the there was like a the summer carnival is. Uh, like a very small, very, very small Mardi Gras, sort of like you have carnival societies doing their little, so from different towns coming to do a, a walk. They first parade through the village and then they all do a dance. But my mm. daughter thought it was amazing because at the <laughs> end, for anyone who has a small child, I don't want to inf- inflict the baby shark earworm on you, <laughs> but she was delighted that that came on. It's like the macarena for three-year-olds. Oh god! Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. Best uh, not see it. There was the yeah, there was the marathon listen. was going on in in Oslo when we were there as oh, well, yeah. which is you know it was just kind of nice to see. I like I like seeing a city by running around it but yeah. then i thought well we're going to be walking all day we we did like twenty five thousand steps a day on average when we were out there so it was like i don't really want to add another like you know no. 10k onto that before we even start <laughs> but yeah, i think i was saying like oh maybe i could sort of run and do a little reconnoiter and then sort of come back and we'll know where to go but i was like oh, my feet are just gonna you know it, it, when you do just are there just to walk around all day it's like oh, yeah, it's not uh, Walking is a beautiful way to see the world, I think. Walking is nice. And we and I, I wasn't like, I wasn't getting impaled. Like that we saw lots of like, I mean, it was only when I followed Google's instructions that we ended up on some, I always end up on some overpass or something, like just really yeah. like motorway kind of area by accident when I'm in a city. It always happens. On the subject of Norway, though, I know they have, I've seen some random thing pass my eyes on on the Facebook or something, which was... Uh, something they've got some name for going out exercising with a carrier bag to collect rubbish. So if mm. you go running in nature, I must remember to take one because that's the only. Whilst Croatia is mm. not exactly, I'd say it's no more littered than walking on the South Downs. 
Mm. Um, walking on the South Downs has a, I think, an unreasonable amount of litter from people who mm. seem to throw those running gel pack things on the uh, floor and think that they're magically going to be collected by somebody. Anyway, um, but there is, there, and there's, there's lots of little bits of rubbish that you can only really pick up if you're mooching. Um, so mm. I must, I might, I'm, I'll a dig up what the Norwegians call exercise while picking up rubbish in nature. <laughs> b do it. Uh, <sighs> shall we talk about capitalism? The horror that is capitalism. So where do we start? Well, it's a tricky one. Well, it's not true. I mean, oh, here we go. It's not. I, I just. I'm just... afraid of it. Let's jump in. Capital. Uh, why is it called capitalism? Because it's about own, owning stuff. <laughs> yeah, the person who owns the stuff gets to sort of like reap a disproportionate benefit from owning the stuff, kind of thing. Yes. So it's based around people owning stuff, everything being in private possession. Because the argument being that the the profit as a reward is some sort of driving force towards progress as well as other things. So the people mm. that are anti putting things into state ownership argue that then they will not be looked after properly because looking mm. at profit margins and efficiencies and it's not an efficient system and all this kind of jazz. Though you don't remember what it was like when that before it was privatised kind of an argument. And, and and as we sort of like touched on last week, the problem with that is you get stuff. Profitability and efficiency is a different sort, isn't necessarily compatible with a value-based system of, okay, what, what what's the it's, it's, it's not the same as happiness. It's not the same as optimising no. happiness for the people. It sort of takes you down certain lines of, sort of cost-cutting and sort of like... Uh, and it, and it also um, relies... And I may be conflating economics or conversations around economics and capitalism. I don't know if it matters because no, I I've, I've been reading yeah. Donut... Well, I haven't been reading it very much. I've been listening to Donut Economics as an audio book um, because we... We both listened to that talk, which had an impact on us. I bought the book and I've not mm. actually sat down and read it. Uh, so I've been listening to it quite a lot. And one of the the premises or one of the, the main points that she talks about in the book is that all of the, the systems that we currently use to measure progress is all about growth and growth mm. at, at, all, uh, at all cost at any cost so we're always measuring the gdp it's always about growing and more and more and more um she quotes someone in the book whose name i have not committed to memory talking about there needs to be this concept of enough and that also if you're only measuring you know profitability and efficiency without thinking about use of resources impact on the planet uh impact on the people who's who you're paying uh, the, you know, if you're if you're going to make, and I think that that's the thing about capitalism, is that it's it's not designed to be fair or respectful of others. And and the reason it's sort of become this dominant comes back to that thing that we talked about in our money episode of just no other real metric that you can use no like money is such a unique metric and unique way of kind of measuring success or failure that uh, like everything else you would try to measure success or failure by it has to be kind of woollier or it's going to be sort of opinionated and it's you know people are going to have to try and agree and then if people have different values like it just kind of transcends any sort of value system but also then imposes its own kind of slightly horrible value system on everything. It's okay. I think there's also something. So I, there's a couple of things I read during the week or I've picked up on. And one was a quote that says, socialism is why you don't need to take roads with you everywhere you go. Not everything can be or should be privatised. And I, mm. I, I really believe that quite strongly. <laughs> it's like, you know... No, no, no. It's, it's, it's depressing seeing like... Flipping 
DHL or something on the ambulances now. And you just it's go, like, oh, yeah. what? how is this? Isn't the state supposed to, like, you know, can't, I, am I already paying for this with taxes? Why yeah. do we have to pay for it again with, uh, with our attention and advertising? But, the, so, but when you yeah. talk about, like, state infrastructure and privatisation, like, when you talked about sort of donor economics, it's, it's all about growth. But it seems like when it's applied to government and infrastructure, it's about efficiency and sort of optimising out any... Like, that's not a growth thing, is it? No. Like you're not trying to... No. But, you, but the government doesn't really... When it reports, oh, the economy's really healthy, look, it had a 3%... GDP or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things people always, well, one of the things I've had quoted at me in the past is like, look at Germany, that it was completely destroyed in the Second World War and within five years it had a GDP of 5% or something. It was like, well, look at them, they worked really mm-hmm. hard and they, and they made stuff and they grew. And it's, but these things aren't measuring... Um, how many people are the the report? This one number places too much emphasis on the consumption of resources rather than right, yeah. reinvestment or um, nurturing. Or you know what you were talking about in Norway is that, in my understanding as well of these Scandinavian countries or many of them, is that there's a sort of base level of live quality of life that has mm. been or that they're working towards i don't know whether they've achieved it on every level but you know health education clean environment civilized like i mean i've worked with swedish companies and they all stop work at four o'clock and have coffee and cake <laughs> right <laughs> it's, like, it's got a special name it's like you know life is not just about driving and driving and driving towards growth and yeah. owning and rare um, just treading think, water really is what it feels like in London. You just sort of like, well, yeah, yeah, and you're, you're <laughs> always knackered. And you don't even know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and weirdly, quoting Teen Vogue sounds very trivial, but Teen Vogue <laughs> is doing some very good articles at the moment. And one of them was that uh, that I read was this uh, idea that apparently X percent of young people believe that in our not too distant future the world will either shift towards a much more socialist approach or mm. it will be a Mad Max <laughs> dystopian future mm. where it's sort of like we are kind of, they're, they're the middle ground, the sort of the centre, uh, whatever, everyone's trying to find this compromise situation in the middle of this safe centre. doesn't seem to have any fans. It doesn't garner enough kind of... Well, I mean, it's hard to be a fan of... Like lukewarm, <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to gravitate towards an extreme-sounding thing, yeah. but you know, I think things will seem like they haven't changed very much one way or another, won't they? Um, yeah. I don't think there's going to be some sudden apocalyptic. I mean, uh, sh- sh- the closest we've had a we Brexit and a Trump sort of that they've felt pretty apocalyptic. But let's, uh, you know, then everything just like just. It takes a long time for things to change, even when you do get Nazis coming out of nowhere. The reason it's sort of like hard to care about economics or sort of capitalism or just think about it much for me is because as soon as you open one of these books, it is like, 1.5% something, 1.63% something. And you're trying to, it's just telling you these like numbers that you're like, I can't, I don't care. And then, oh, and if you look at figure, the graph in figure 1.2, it shows a 0.6 GDP growth in West. And you're like looking at going, yeah, <laughs> I think I think donut donut economics having it, the the audio book is very digestible. Uh, right. Not so useful when you're driving because she keeps referring to graphs that you can't. Yeah. This will be shown in your supplemental figure, blah, blah, blah. but <laughs> it is interesting as she tells it in stories. And frankly, I could have happily an episode which is just the donut economics adoration episode of the grand podcast because it's it she talks about so many different aspects of the economy and the market she she compares the free market to fire which very powerful 
on its own, but if left unchecked, can be highly destructive. Um, she talks about she talks about power. She talks about the value of labor, the value of free labor. So she quotes somebody who goes into corporations um, and talks about it's like, so how productive would your staff be if they hadn't been potty trained? <laughs> it's like there's all these things that we do for ourselves and each other that helps society work better for everybody. And, you know, those kind of tasks aren't valued enough. You know, the people who stay at home and look after the elderly, you know, the people, Mm. you know, they're just not given, they're not attributed a value when we do our reporting. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been reading this book, 23 Things They Don't Tell You About Capitalism, by Harjun Chang. Um, that one of those was, um, one of his points was, like, people defend the free market, but there's no such the no. market. There isn't a free market. This there's is what, loads yeah. of restrictions on it. Yeah. And you're just talking about, like, which moving one of these boundaries a little bit this way or the other way. It's not, but it's not free. No. And you don't want it to be free. And then you get this weird thing of Trump... I suppose he'd be a, uh, an advocate of the free market, but then he wants to kind of impose all these trade tariffs and sort of like keep things within the country, like nationalistic policies. Isn't that the opposite? Isn't that socialist? Yeah. I don't know. What, what's socialism and what's capitalism? If, if, if you're kind of imposing limitations on your sort of capitalist wildfire, um, which, you know, has to be done. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to have anything always no i mean this kate raworth also talks about the fact that there is no such thing as a free market that these restrictions Mm. are in place you know if they're not restrictions that are imposed by some sort of legislation then there will simply be the fact that you know it takes x amount of time to ship something somewhere or it's not boundless yeah and and, and like the the the, 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 there's a one idea i suppose of applying it to of infrastructure and government stuff, privatization of that stuff is just it's easier to measure, I suppose, is the temp the the, the, the sort yeah. of um the appeal of it is that oh we can measure and like optimize in a way that we can't when it's all just like oh well, well let's spend some money here, let's spend some money here, let's spend some money here, let's do this and like yeah, and, and I guess the, the donut economics is about kind of providing more metrics to sort of measure than just percent. Yeah, growth, percent, you know, efficiency or whatever. But I mean, I've had, I'm not sure how much we still, there's a couple of things in the capitalist, uh, um, there's something about respect, wider values, something like that, where, where, for example, in a, if you're, if you want to be truly efficient, things like these um, zero hours contracts type Mm contracts which offer the person providing the labor no stability no ability yep. to plan n- nothing they 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 no yeah. ability to book child care because you don't know when you're going to be working it's mm. just so there's those kind of things which is capitalism gone too far the drive for mm. profitability gone too far you have to take some responsibility for these people that are doing the work for you um I think that's one one of the things that makes when I talk about capitalism not being fair, where most people would argue that mm. because there's a market involved and you negotiate a value and a price, it blah blah, the market knows and the market understands and it's fair yeah. and there. Uh, uh, but actually, the market will do what it can get away with. Yeah, and it's and part of it is because it is kind of like a buyer's market in terms of labor mm. uh, particularly with the rise of automation it's it's like you you yeah we need people need protecting more than they ever have because it sort of doesn't really take as many people to do stuff as it used to no. um and you can't like it's harder to even unionized as you want to be it's sort of like harder to if if there's just an infinite number of people available to replace you then there's this like just a pure kind of market driven thing will just kind of burn people out and i think even like for me like i feel like i i can sort of choose which job i take i still there still is this thing they will just burn me out people have no qualms about just burning you out if you're a contractor definitely it happens to me like over and over again really 
the next thing we need to do is marks. <laughs> I don't know. No, well, no I don't want to do that. Nothing no, about. No. But, but they, Marxism is is a commentary on capitalism, right? Yes, like a lot is. of it is kind of this is the the inverse of capitalism. Yeah, like it, like let's all this thing's coming through. Let's fight it with Marxism. But it's like, I mean, they talk about Marx and Engels visiting the sort of Victorian factories and the 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 um the the way that the the workers in these factories were living and working and that's what prompted a lot of their thinking and it's mm. just the sort of mistreating people mistreating the planet mistreating society mistreating the the you know companies that rely on roads to deliver their goods but are unwilling to pay their corporation tax is mm. wrong yeah <laughs> by yeah, every definition outright. it's just wrong one of the projects I've worked on in government, which I am, we, we, retrospect, I was surpri- I'm surprised that I'm proud of it, but I am. It's like <laughs> we worked on this thing called the digital marketplace, which was uh, it, it did stand on the shoulder of giants, like many projects do, where um, somebody had already looked at changing the way government buys technology and created this framework called G Cloud. And which was meant to open up the market more and make it easier for small to medium enterprises to sell to government. Uh, so mm. they didn't, it wasn't just all the big, you know, PWCs and all the, you know, yeah. the, the, the big people that could charge the IBMs, the people who charge loads of money. Yeah. Um, so, and it was an interesting project. And if you look at before G Cloud was invented and after G Cloud, was invented never mind the digital marketplace it has spread the, the, the geographic location of companies that provide to central government so if you look at the map you can see the change um but one of the things that is infuriating when you're in government doing a project and you look at what people are trying to sell to government mm. it's and they, it's being done in a carpet bagging immoral (laughs) um no qualms about because it's the public purse it's like do you not understand that you're robbing yourself you Mm. the public purse is your taxes and you are trying to steal steal the money back with your shit product for example um uh interfaces that are 15 years out of date not no usability people in their companies no interaction designers Mm. nobody who is nothing building on new patterns not taking Mm. advantage of new technologies uh building systems that tie you in you know the whole world really philosophically technology wise we're moving very much now for a long time towards sort of open standards open data making sure that the hosting can be separate from the product that your data can Mm. be moved you know government should not be tight if i'm buying a product government or not i shouldn't be my data doesn't belong to you you know you can't keep it in some special forum you know i mean that's a shit way to rely on your product growth anyway you've got no choice Mm. you're gonna have to stick with me but these are the nasty sides of of a a you know, a system driven by profit. Really. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. If, if it's like, yeah, you're not referencing any other metric, then then that's then like you know, morals go out the window, don't yeah. they? This is why Jesus threw so many uh, tables over in that temple. Remember? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that um, story. Is that a, a good Jesus one. story? Jesus is most mental. <laughs> Tell know, me the story now. Oh, just I saw some merchants doing some... There, there's all the kind of vendors in the temple and he just, like, fucked up the room, threw all the tables <laughs> over, threw everything around. <laughs> we watched a bit of God TV at the weekend. I was telling Sharon, showing Sharon some Bible bits. <laughs> I was like, here's this. This is a funny bit. <laughs> but it's mostly really boring. So there's, Jesus um, objected to the merchants being in the temple? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like, although it seems like you go in any church now, and the gift shop is it's pretty prominent. <laughs> oh, look at these lovely rosaries. What capitalism tends to do is, if there isn't a market to sell, like, there's a lot of manufacturing creating desire through advertising there's a lot of okay i happen to have i I can make this thing and now i'm gonna create insecurities in people create associations between uh 
product you can buy and a famous person you recognise. There's a lot of sort of conjuring up activities and behaviours out of out of nothing really for for no benefit to anyone and while on the one hand perhaps if i'm looking at a wall of confectionery i suppose i do have my tastes and the things that i want in you know it's like i want a, this one and if that's not available i might feel you know not good but I've got a real problem with soaps with all the different types of soap suds you can buy that how different can they really be like washing powder, dishwasher tablets, um, all those things. There is absolutely no, no benefit to having all that choice. How much of humanity is to do with relieving a, an artificially inflicted desire? You get advertising kind of going, oh, you want this. We're going to create something in you that wants this thing and is going to associate that with being loved or something. Similarly with like alcohol and drugs and things like that, where it's sort of the, the way it's actually working is it's kind of creating an artificial, it's creating a withdrawal cycle. So, so it's sort of like created the thing that it relieves. Or also then like a lot of pharmaceuticals, it's we found this pill that I guess you could say it does this. And then you like brand it up, say it just does that and that every, anything else it does is a side effect. You sort of marketing what you have and giving people a thing that they wouldn't want if you hadn't sort of created that desire in them in the first place. But what would be left of a human being if you took all of those things away? Is that about humanity, though? In what you're saying is this artificially created desire? Because there's a difference between... So one of the arguments for the capitalist system is progress and competition driving better products mm. and more innovation and all this kind of... All this stuff mm. that's meant to be good, well, and is frankly, but they, mm. but at the same time, I don't know. Would we be happier if we had if people left us alone to actually have? I mean, there's so many things that are artificially created, like the engagement ring, the sol diamond yeah. solitaire engagement ring. This sort of sign of romance all over the world was created by a De Beers marketing department because yeah. they had some diamonds that they need to flog. The eternity ring, again, a ring with lots of little... Because that year they had lots of little diamonds that they needed to sell. Yeah. They had, you know, like, it's just... And they're like, oh, they're not going to work in engagement rings. I know, let's put lots of little ones around a ring and call it an eternity ring. And, you know, if you don't have one of these, then you can't possibly be loved. I mean, it's <laughs> utter shit, really yeah, but there's a big difference between that and inventing yeah. the fact that you and I can be I'm I'm in we're in different countries yeah we're having a brilliant conversation we can see each other's faces <laughs> we can see each other you know like amazing yeah but again you know but then we bought a fair bit of paraphernalia to enable us to do this like you know yeah, my desk yeah. is littered with stuff that we've put but this is enabling us to do something that we wouldn't have been able to do without it, which is very different mm. to having some ring on your finger that doesn't do anything at all other than mm. keep the marketing team and De Beers and various jewellers in business. Yeah, so when it does come to competition... Yes. ..and the benefits of competition, there's this funny thing where, well, someone has a good idea and then someone else copies it and does it slightly different and moves right over the road and sort of like cuts your business in half yeah um this is sort of doesn't feel nice for the uh the innovator and you know it's like steve jobs getting very angry about google creating android going what yeah we just uh, just copying our shit doing it slightly worse and like stealing half up you know but th this is how it goes and in even in my own personal experience i haven't been rewarded as much for innovating as I have for creating something a product in an already existing category mm -hmm. um and so that so there are that's why we have things like patents and you know, it's those sorts of copyright protections is because capitalism needs innovation but it also weirdly punishes it if left unchecked because you put all the work in and then someone else can just like nick it you know just kind of copy it but then on the other side of it, you know, I think of it in terms of software and open source has 
ended up proving a lot more effective for a lot of things than the sort of closed source. Your Microsofts are kind of having to yeah. shift to this open source mindset, a, a cooperating mindset. But in in capitalism, in business, that's called like having a monopoly. Yeah. Isn't it? And and then that's antitrust is this weird term that I've never quite I've been like, well, I don't like something that's antitrust. But like, you know, price fixing, you know, if you do in terms of raw capitalism, if you just let everyone do the probably most effective thing, which is just club together and then fix the prices, then like the consumer like really, really lose out then. But it's it's kind of the probably the best thing to do. So in a way, like, yeah, like capitalism doesn't necessarily foster competition. Raw capitalism is not competitive. Is it not? Or innovative. This is a theory I'm concocting now. Why? Because it protects itself. Because it's like, sure, you can't copy me, you can't have anything, you can't... No, 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 no. Raw capitalism, if there was no copyright protection or patents, yeah, and if there were no antitrust laws, then you'd just get monopolies and there's not really an incentive to oh, innovate, right? Because someone else can just come and copy you. So you're just going to do all the work. And if there aren't those artificial things that aren't capitalism protecting it, then it would just kind of like eat itself quite quickly. Going back to the what things lend themselves. So you could, in a, in a world where people have free will, uh, you know, that we argue that people have freedom to do what they want and make choices. If you advertise to me, I, in theory, have a choice to buy the thing you're trying to flog me or not. Now, where I think it then becomes very difficult is when you're talking about things like healthcare. Mm. And if you look at a system like the American system, which is highly high, it's a business, a pure business versus the UK system, which is not a business yet, where Mm. you, when you go to the doctors, you know that you are being advised, you know, you, you can be, you know that you're being advised based on somebody thinking about what's best for you. It might be Mm. sometimes get a little bit stuck behind on a few things and they might be a bit cautious about going with some newfangled crazy therapy for something. However, Mm. broadly speaking, you are well cared for and you are given what you need to get better. If you so, and one of the things I happen to know a little bit more detail about are things like the cost of childbirth in the UK versus the cost of childbirth in. America land and it's Mm. something in the order of thousands of dollars I think it costs in the UK for a woman to give birth costs about three thousand costs the NHS about three thousand pounds in you know equipment medicine staff blah 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 which is not really a lot Mm. of money compared to something like it may be as much as seventy thousand dollars in the US because it's a business they go hello madam would you like another scan what about another scan? How about this machine that goes ping? Because we've got this lovely machine, it goes ping. And maybe you want a bit more medicine because, you know, let's have, let's have a little, it's great. Look, you can have, uh, and then another machine. And maybe you need to see this other specialist because you want to be sure, don't you? Because they're selling to you, yeah. not looking after you. They are looking after you as well, I'm sure, but they are upselling. Mm. Do you want this extra yeah. little thing that you don't really need at all? Whereas the NHS, I did get all the care I needed, but I nobody was trying to sell me an extra thing just for the sake of it. And when yeah. you need these extra things, they're there available to you, but they're mm. on a medical basis, not on a commercial basis. I think the problem I have with this sort of advertising and selling people shit they don't need side mm. of things is the overconsumption and the fact that sort of we're hitting, I don't know, have you heard of this concept of um, there's an Earth Day or something where in a given year you hit a day where we've used more resources, more of the Earth's resources than can be replenished within a year. And that year, mm. that day is becoming earlier and earlier in the year. So I think this year it was in right. August. So because right. we're just... We're just using up too much stuff (laughs) and Mm. that is where those people that are selling you widgets have as many shiny things but 
have a little think about what the impact is on the world more broadly is my problem with it. This infinite growth shit. Yeah. <laughs> it just like... encourages it just encourages you to make just junk, just to put junk in the world that has no reason to exist. Yeah, yeah, you just think about the small kind of opportunistic businessman, you know, the sort of small kind of copycat business, someone without any imagination, someone who's just like trying to, you know, take, oh, there's an opportunity, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try selling widgets, who, I mean, frankly, doesn't really have the headspace to think about their environmental impact. They're no. just utterly kind of in, being enslaved by this completely inhumane system to just create more and more waste and you know just consume more and more resources for no yeah for no reason but i mean i mean in terms of physics that kind of is what we're for so yeah. it sort of doesn't make it doesn't <laughs> well, it, you know it sort of makes sense that that's the thing that by default we would be good at you know there's the idea that consciousness was invented by the universe in order to consume more of the available natural resources um is quite compelling really there's energy to a thinking animal here available but not to a non-thinking animal it sort of makes a lot of sense in terms of the quality of things you get like raw capitalism encourages this sort of like race to the bottom in terms of quality it encourages this sort of like what is the cheapest and worst i can make this product and still get away with it yeah. so it floods the market with very low quality stuff yeah like that's in its and and yeah. that doesn't that's no use like i it would be much better to have to protect the person that really cares about making a good shoe yes. protect the person that really cares about coming up with the perfect formulation of toothpaste like protect them don't make it about who can make it cheaper who can make it just like okay you want to specialize in that Everyone gets paid the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to specialise in that because that's what you're interested in. And then we'll all have the best toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> and we will all have the best shoes and it's going to be great. But because it's this competition, well, this faux supposed competition that's really just like this fight to how cheaply can you get away with making something, it means... Everyone is spending a lot of time making shit as cheap as possible and then spending a lot of time trying to convince you that it's good through marketing. I, but, I, yeah, I suppose the money gets spent one way or another and the reason that Beats headphones are more expensive even though they're lower quality is just because they have ten times more marketing budget spent on them. Um, it is poisonous, <laughs> right? The end, yeah. <laughs> that was my point. The end. Yeah. Capitalism is... I just don't even know if it if it really exists the kind of capitalism that people think is a benefit that is positive. I think it's quite interesting being in on the Balkans that had this 40 odd years of their flavor of communism and watching these the people doing business now it's like you wanted capitalism here's capitalism <laughs> capitalism <laughs> says that i can tell you <laughs> to, to stick your chili product when you know it's like there mm. is it is really uh amu it is amusing bemusing i don't know watching uh capitalism come to a a state where still i'd say the majority of people uh, maybe not now, it's 20 years later, but a huge number, p proportion of the of society had free healthcare, free education, enough money for shoes, enough money for, you know, you know, like life mm. now. I mean, what, we've got friends staying with us now. When you go into a shop, they commented last night, it's like, actually, the prices in shops for food are not that much cheaper than in the UK, but the average mm. salary in this country is 800 euros a month right and that right. is you know like I, I think that is the average salary I'm pretty sure that I've had that number quote at me but it's like mm. you know they are they are earning a lot less than we are and paying as much money as we are for food um yeah. you know and that's sort of like without the, the 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 state to help balance things out um 
you know that yeah. people people suffer um, and people people defend capitalism because it it sort of provides that that dream of becoming ultra ultra wealthy but we know that money doesn't like there's that 50 70,000 dollars pounds yeah, yeah, a year yeah threshold where more money doesn't make any difference so there is absolutely no benefit to being paid three hundred thousand pounds a year in terms of the only thing that really matters which is your you know happiness so why you know why defend it it's just is right like the market just is capitalism is it the same as the market is it just like capitalism versus socialism is capitalism is letting the market be more horrible <laughs> letting it be more of this like like unaccountable yeah, amoral machine whereas socialism is saying no i mean shh, come on don't let that take over everything yeah. and yeah. people defend that don't like socialism because they think it's going to Take away their, their their dream of you know having a private jet of the reward. The idea that mm. I think I don't I, the, the, I think the thing that has got sold to people as a negative of socialism is that you don't have to work that hard and you'll be okay. And the people that don't work that hard get to benefit from other people's hard work. And socialism mm. is not that. That is communism. All socialism mm. says is that nobody in our society needs to be hungry and not have a road to walk on or a doctor to go and see or a school to go to. That's all. Yeah. And it's like, the, the, you know, the, and you get these stories. To, anyway, it's just, it's, there's just a whole lot of PR and marketing gone into sort of um, treading on the already downtrodden. Yeah. And, I, and, who's to, and to whose ultimate benefit? To the benefit of those people who offer zero-hour contracts and shit money and refuse to pay a living wage. <laughs> that's to whose benefit. <laughs> it's like, mm. that's it. If, you, if you're driving profits and you make, you make every, you know, the workers think that you're clever and that all those other people are just trying to make their life more difficult, you don't remember what it was like when Labour were in power last. Mm. It's like, it is the for the many rather than the few. Yeah. So privatization bullshit. Sure, we could have we could do more, be more efficient with taxes, but as you've said, like it's not actually nearly as bad as people think no. it is. If we take out the words capitalism and you know we talk about privately owned stuff versus publicly owned stuff, or something, some things are for the common good. And some things do very well being in private ownership. You know, software companies, they don't need to be publicly owned. Um, they need to think Although about... Although the, the open source one, the ones that lean on open source do, do very well. Yes. So, they, but, they, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no reason to eliminate pe those, you know, eliminate the, the mechanisms for people who have the drive and the ambition and the desire to create things for themselves. Go for it. But it can't be done to the detriment of society, is my... Yeah. That's, and this idea that people wouldn't work if it didn't, you know, if, if they didn't have to is not true at all. And, and you can just no. look at a lot of the best things that humani humanity has done and it was done by people that, you know, that came from privilege that didn't really have to work. So they were able to pursue their interests in a way that just you don't get to do if you're... Sort of trapped by this sort of money cycle, um, which just kind of like you know sort of consumes you with this sort of toxic thing of like I've just got to kind of tread water and I can never you know people would people aren't that dull. No, like no people they aren't are that, not. No, people are not that we, dull. I don't think you'd find everyone just getting stoned all day. You know. They might. For, they might. I don't know. Some will. <laughs> have, I told, like, have I told you the story yeah. on this? Of the, uh, one of my friends is a cameraman and he filmed some property program in, uh, like, you know, uh, Algarve or somewhere, Costa del Retirement Village. Mm. And uh, apparently there's like a 10 year cycle on the sale of a property because couples retire there and they drink as though they're still on holiday. 
It's quite a dark story. Oh, no. One of them, inevit- at least one of them, inevitably de- develops some sort of alcohol-related disease and dies mm. ten years later. And then they, you know, that's that game over. End of the end of the retirement dream. Because actually, you can't sit around doing nothing all day. Nobody does. Mm. Nobody does well. Mm. Tell you what, I might be sort of a reasonably, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting at a table that's made out of a door that used to be in this room and it was configured differently uh, and made out of the legs are made out of the door frame. And it's a beautiful thing that my husband made for me. Um, but I'm also wearing a frock that cost me quite a bit of money <laughs> okay. and that I really enjoy wearing. Uh, so, you know, me or do buy things. Uh, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with liking shiny things. There's nothing we wrong all with kind of like shiny things. things sometimes, and um, you know, socialism doesn't mean you. Well, to 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 paraphrase contrapoints, socialism doesn't mean you can't have shiny things. <laughs> exactly. So just remember that. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the conclusion um, we were looking for. Yeah, to steal <laughs> it from someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast this week. If you like it, go to grandpodcast.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you have, find someone else to subscribe. Share it. You know, do all that stuff. Uh, Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at michaelforestmusic.com. And, uh, I mean, I've got this app out that, you know, if you're into, I don't know, pretty niche calorie just just calories it's called it's my new one um got a couple of other apps in the app store if you want to come and have a look try and help me get out of this bloody cycle of having to take on contracts um um just thanks for listening (laughs) sorry we didn't have more original insights into capitalism but it was a subject that we needed to kind of at least attack and see what happened attack and uh, yes, read Donut Economics. It's really interesting. <laughs> That's mm. my plug. Oh, and watch plug for someone else's thing. Oh, yeah, watch ContraPoints. Watch yeah. ContraPoints videos. They're very good and very funny and um, interesting and will make you feel weird, but good. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.